2: No matter can't have gone to read, the war You can't lie, why not? Because I think, good You can't live up, you feel the hate You give up, and you steal the glass Fuck the pornography, the cleftocracy No matter what it is, can't have gone to read, the war
1: Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 146 of Getting It Out Podcast, that was Barf Bag with Pornocracy, uh, very politically charged anthem you might call it, uh, came out on election day which uh, you'll be hearing this at the earliest on Friday but election day was yesterday which apparently is going to continue on throughout the week which I guess we should have expected so you can listen to this song all week long and have it still be relevant. You can probably listen to it for the next four years and have it still be re- relevant. You can probably listen to this song at any point in history and have it be relevant. But, you know, I guess that depends on your opinion and whether you are a socio politically charged person or not. Uh, some of you don't care, and that's a little weird, but I also get it. Anyway... Just for fun, a little X members information for Barf Bag. You got X members of Dresden Dolls, Nine Inch Nails, The Violent Femmes. Okay, that's one guy in AWOL Nation in this band. And that, that makes it, that, sometimes that makes it a little more interesting for people to check out. So uh, whatever you need to do to go check out Barf Bag, please do. They put out a decent amount of material. And it usually goes straight up to YouTube. Or, I don't know, they, they do a lot of singles. Anyway, check them out. Barf Bag, uh, you can go to their Instagram, find them anywhere. Uh, Facebook, you know, Barf Bag anyway so what's happening on this episode i have matt mcdougall from boundaries boundaries is a cool metalcore band out of connecticut and they got a new record coming out on unbeaten records yes the unbeaten records we had on last week and uh we're gonna talk a little bit about that and all sorts of other things so before all that how about the world's greatest podcast intro music from the most important thrash slash crossover band ever from new jersey hot zone
2: Damn, yeah, what's good on Bitches and bitches, it's the illustrious
0: hot dog back at it again with another podcast intro. He said, Oh, you wanna do a podcast intro for the Get It Out podcast? said, Oh, shit, I gotta write a rap first, don't I? He said, Nah, no, you don't gotta write a rap first. It's a hardcore podcast. said, Alright, I think I can maybe make that happen. Let's see what we can do.
2: Kick it. Make family out of friends, make friends out of enemies Peace to my family, make friends till they bury me. all the places we've been We're never sitting it out, we'll be getting it in While you getting it out, I said all the places we've
0: been We're never sitting it out, we'll be getting it in While you getting it out
2: Get in and out Alright motherfuckers, you're in the right place at the right time Rest
1: in peace and forever hey there ladies and gentlemen happy election week isn't it as fun as we all anticipated i'd like to say that you know it's going as as expected because it is but it still doesn't mean that it's not uh, <laughs> demoralizing upsetting i don't know what the word is it's not the landslide that we were told it was going to be. Surprise. We knew that, though. I don't know. So I don't know what the surprise is. The surprise is that, that somehow we're still considered like the, the superpower country, the smart ones. Not the smart ones. We know we're not the smart ones. The, the ones who got, get shit right, the, the land of, I don't know what this is the land of. Um, and I don't want to get all lost in the sauce, as they say, but uh, this is ridiculous. And it's kind of funny in a way that i know some people do not find humorous at all but the chaos of it to me is uh, a little bit humorous and um maybe that kanye vote is looking like it might have been a better option we just deserve it i think we deserve so much worse than what we're getting although this is pretty bad so i don't know yeah that's that's the way it is and th- this is i'm recording this right now it is 2:30 on wednesday november 4th so this is where we're still up in the air. I think they just declared uh, Wisconsin to be Joe Biden's and now he needs Nevada and Arizona and Michigan. I think he has it. But then there's going to be a recount of Wisconsin by the Trump administration or campaign or whoever the fuck is involved with all this. I don't know. So this is going to go on for a while. I vaguely remember the way that went and I think it was the it was the Bush Gore election. Um but I don't I didn't care as much because I was, you know, at best 18 or something. I don't know how old it was then. Um, yeah, but anyway, so this has been uh, this has been interesting, to say the least. Uh, not as interesting as this podcast is going to be. I can tell you that because that's why you're here, right? Um, because you, you want to hear what's happening on Getting It Out podcast. Maybe a little distraction from this super fun election. Maybe not. Maybe, maybe you're like, I can't wait to not hear about this fucking election. And then you turn on this podcast and you're like, God damn it. This guy's talking about the fucking election. Well, I'm sorry. You know what, though, I can tell you, I can, I can break some big news to you. Yesterday, I went to the dentist for the first time in like a year, which is better than the last time I went to the dentist because that was like the first time in ten years. So, I only it only took me a year to get back because of COVID. I would have gone in the six months they asked require, um, but I, but I just couldn't. I wasn't allowed to. So, I went when I was able, and I got a report. No cavities. Big deal for me, because um, I have enough fillings. I don't need more. Um, my my daughter says I have silver teeth. It's not a compliment, but she thinks it is. Um, I will say anyway, so like, you know, with coronavirus, we all know this shit's a little weird. So I go into the the dentist's office. I'm I'm masked up. I know I'm going to have to wear a fucking mask, even though they're going to work on my teeth. It seems a little bit whatever, but you know, here I am. I'm going to the dentist. I walk in and there's, you know, the kind of normal stuff. There's hand sanitizer and a sign. It's a big sign that says stop. And then there's a little sign on the door that says stop. Please wait in the vestibule area until we can do your screening. Which is fine. I'm okay with that. Except my problem is that I don't know where the vestibule area is, and I don't think that uh, we should be using words like this, like is like is normal, like it's normal vocabulary to crank out vestibule. It's like sometimes my mom will say uh, the foyer. I don't know where the fucking foyer is. I do now because I had to ask her what's the foyer, and and she says it's a foyer, and uh, it's like I guess the vestibule the vestibule is uh, similar to that. Except, I don't know. I just assumed that I was in the vestibule already. But who knows? I could have, maybe I was waiting in the wrong spot. So I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, like, and, and this thing is going on for a little while. It's taking them a little bit to get to me. They can see me through the glass doors. And I'm thinking, maybe I'm not at the vestibule. Maybe maybe the vestibule is, sometimes I think the vestibule might be like a podium. And I don't know why that, that thought comes to my mind. Is vestibule a room? Is it a location? I still haven't looked this up, by the way. I just hung out in this, what I suppose was the vestibule. And a woman came and took my temperature, and then I I went in, right? Because I because I was uh, my temperature was 97, which you know is normal for me. Since I was a kid, the doctors told me I'm just a little bit cooler than everybody else, and there's no denying that when you have a temperature like that. By the way, went and get my my pulse checked while I was there. Came in at a cool 50 beats per minute. Just you know, it's the only thing I like to brag about is my pulse. I got a fantastic pulse. Uh, nobody can really argue that at this point point. 50 beats per minute uh, While watching the election I didn't get stressed out apparently It took my blood pressure It was the best blood pressure that they've ever seen I have no facts to back that up But uh, I'm just, I'm on a roll So I'm sticking with it, alright So anyway, point is Don't be calling places uh, names Unless I know what they are, alright Because then I can't go there and wait Unless I'm already waiting there Then that's just a happy coincidence so I, I was, I was getting my teeth cleaned then and the, the, uh, the dentist is like, or whatever they call it, the dental hygienist is like, uh, so you drink a lot of coffee and I was like, yeah. And she's like, yeah. And I was like, you know, I can't talk back because I, she has tools in my mouth, but, uh, but like, that wasn't a very nice thing to say. I don't think, I think just you, you could have been, I don't, you know, that's obviously means something negative in there. She saw something she doesn't like and she's like, well, here's the, here's the problem here. And I don't think she was being mean, but it hurt my feelings a little bit. Yeah, I drink coffee. I drink two cups a day. Here's my coffee routine. Two cups of coffee a day in the morning. Um, Probably too much sugar and cream, but that's the way I like it, right? And then I drink those two cups of coffee. I finish them probably around 730 and then I pee for the next three hours straight. It's just constant peeing. It's so annoying. I don't know what's happening here, but uh, the, the rate at which I pee in the morning is phenomenal. It's the most pee that could ever exist. I don't understand. I don't understand where it comes from. I, I don't put as much coffee into me as I pee out. The ratio's off. There's more going out than there is coming in. And uh, it's it's baffling, but you know. That's just the way it is. I've learned to accept it. But anyway, moving on. Back to this election stuff. I hope this election wraps itself up in the next uh, 24 hours or so because uh, my daughter's going to start asking questions. She asked me earlier this week if I could call her and tell her who won the election. I was like, hey, they're going to have that information where you're at too. So, you know, I don't need to give it to you. You'll probably know. But um, I would gladly inform her. But she always asks me like strange things and she expects me to have information and sometimes supplies. So she asks me if I have supplies. She comes up to me and says, hey dad, do you have the tape? Who carries around tape? You know, I can't even think of any profession that somebody carries around tape. Maybe the guy who does uh, drywall finishing, but that's not even that kind of tape. Like who, who carries around scotch tape? That's what she wants. She wants scotch tape. And she thinks for some reason that I have the scotch tape, I don't care. I don't keep Scotch tape. If I did, it would have lint all over it. You know, it would have pocket lint all over the outside. You can't have that, baby girl. I do not have this. I do not have the tape ever from here. Please listen to this podcast and understand that for the rest of your life, I do not have the tape. Okay, so enough of that. All right, enough of my bullshit. Let's get to what's happening on this episode. This is an interview with Matt McDougall of Boundaries. They're from Connecticut. They're a metalcore band. That's a big deal. Metalcore uh, coming from Connecticut has a big history. Whether it's Hatebreed. Whether it's 100 Demons, if you don't want to call that metalcore, that's fine. It's, it is. Boundaries is the next one to break out of Connecticut, and you might already be able to argue that they already have their 2019 EP, My Body in Bloom. That fucking charted on Billboard, you know. Uh, that came out on Unbeaten Records. Uh, it was good stuff. But this one they got coming out, Your Receding Warmth, uh, is a new album, uh, also on Unbeaten Records, and they put out a couple of singles already. I'm gonna play Carve here for you a minute. In a minute, um, uh, it's, it's fantastic. Well done. Um, and uh, you're going to like it because I said you will. And then we'll get into my fun interview with Matt. Stick around. Sorry. <laughs> Shit.
3: Hello, Matt. Hey, what's up?
1: Apparently, I'm choking. How um, much? How you doing, man?
3: Oh, you know. Your average, I think it's Monday. Monday. Perfect.
1: It is. It is Monday, but you know, I'm a little confused. I took the day off, but I did more work than I probably would normally do if I were at work. But, uh, so I, but I guess it is Monday, so you're not wrong. That's...
3: Sounds
1: like capitalism. <laughs> that's fair enough. Is that how it works? I don't know. I, I think so. I haven't figured it out yet. I'll be 36 this year. And, no, oh, Jesus, I'm joking again. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a. That might be a real issue here. Um, <clears throat> oh, by the way, we're already started. This is just how okay. it, this is. This yeah. is just how it goes. Um, Perfect. I I I eat these chips. I was just eating chips before I t- before I called you. And for some reason, every time when I eat chips, for a few minutes afterwards, they just get lodged in my throat, and I can't speak. Uh, it's a
3: dangerous game. It, it,
1: it is, it is. You know, they're sharp, but they're delicious. So, you know, it's, it's worth it. <laughs> this is so, the risk we take. That's right. So what, what, were you, what, what takeout line were you stuck in? Was it worth it?
3: Oh, I mean, it's Chipotle, so it's going to be a 7 out of 10, because it always is. But, um, I mean, when you live in... Like suburban central Connecticut, there's not a lot of uh, interesting options. Like, do I want this or Burger King? That's a that's
1: a fa- that's a fair point. I don't think I've ever been in, in quite the dile- quite the dilemma, but uh, and I think you probably made the right choice though between the two.
3: Yeah, I think so. It was it was probably worth it.
1: Well, are you a uh, are you a, a vegan or vegetarian? Any of that nonsense? Yeah, I'm vegan. Of course. So see, then you had to. Well, no, I guess you could have got the. The Impossible, right? That's a that's a Burger King now, right? Yeah, I could
3: have, but I mean, I, you ask anyone who's eaten one of those, and they have a way of just sitting in your gut. I mean, three days minimum. Every burp tastes like it. You walk <laughs> around and you feel it. It's like a like a fucking meteor. It just hovers. Just in just like your, fast lower intestine.
1: Yeah, that's it's like the real thing. It,
3: it, <laughs> I, you know, I haven't eaten meat in so long, I forgot what it was like.
1: How long has guess it been? I it really
3: is authentic. Uh, I've only been vegan for probably like a, a year and change now. I don't really remember when I started. I just yeah. kind of got home from a tour, and I was like, uh, next time I grocery shop, I'm not going to buy cheese. But uh, <laughs> I, was veg from, I went veg when I was 15, and I'm 26 now. So I haven't eaten it in a long enough time to not really remember what it's like. That's
1: a good run. So that's a, that's, a, that's a sizable run. I, when I was when I was like, 15, I was working at a ice cream shop as a as a cook. It was a, I was actually working in the kitchen, but it was, but it was mostly known as an ice cream shop. And uh, I decided that I would go vegetarian because I was eating too much. But all that really meant was that I didn't eat hamburgers or something. I don't know. I was, I was still eating. I was still eating like chicken fingers and and fish. And somehow I <laughs> thought somehow I thought that this was me like being you know like. <laughs> like healthy oh, yeah. and sticking to it yeah it was funny like,
3: i cut out meat because i was fat in high school and i'm like this will be easy but then i you know i just i just ate things that weren't meat that were still garbage you know i'm just oh i'm living off of uh fucking doritos and grilled cheese now i'm so healthy <laughs> perfect <laughs> that's
1: the funny thing i know how i know so many i know so many guys gals too but mostly guys who you know were, were pretty overweight and they're like All right, i'm gonna make a change i'm gonna go vegan and then like they do and that's great. I'm sure it's. I'm sure it's better for you. But like three years later, and they are probably the same size. So I don't know. If, you know, you gotta do some exercise <laughs> too. I guess.
3: Yeah, it can't just be. I'm eating Oreos all the time now.
1: Right, because that's the loophole, right? It was Oreo, Oreos are like the the uh, the vegan uh, dessert of choice, right? Because there's nothing in there.
3: Egg. Oh yeah, no, that's that's the secret weapon. That's what gets you by when you're. But you're craving like your standard chocolate.
1: There's got to be like ground up horse hooves or some shit, some shit in there, right? There's got to be something. I mean, maybe. I
3: th- there always is. <laughs> I mean, you wait long enough and you just – more stuff comes out. Um, fuck, I wish I could remember what it was. But a friend of mine who is like transitioning to vegan and has been like the past few months is like, uh, hey, man. By the way, I don't know if you, know, if you guys knew this, but uh, vitamin D3. Is uh, potentially from animal products. I'm like, bro, it's <laughs> just so fucking hard to keep up. What do you mean vitamin D3? Well, what be. does that mean? Uh, it's, I
1: know what it is because I take it every day. But yeah, it, it might be. I don't know. <laughs> that's that's funny. And then
3: I, I, yeah, and there's a thing called datum, which is in some breads, which can be from animals, but also cannot be. So it it's like kind of down to like, do you flip the coin, or do you like contact the producer and be like, hey, where do you get your datum? But like, who
1: the fuck's ready to answer that question? I don't even know what datum is. I don't either. But I, well, I guess I guess you just told me. But yeah, I don't. I, don't, I never heard of it. But it, it can be. Yeah. It can, it can be an animal product or a synthetic product. That's pretty interesting. Or a plant pot. I don't know. That's that. I don't got to keep track of it, and I'm confused by it. And that's all right with me because it's not my problem. Yeah. Um. It's all respect yeah. to the people Stuff who like choose that. to who choose to do it. But that is not for me. But uh. But more power to all y'all.
3: Yeah, that's that's like vegan on like ranked mode, which is just like, I have. Well, this could potentially be like this, and this could be like that. It's like, all right, well, what if I just avoid all of it and I don't have to play any of these games of maybe? So yeah. I just stick with that. Lettuce only. Yeah, right. easy. <laughs> chipotle. Every day.
1: Well, I, I don't know the last time I had chipotle chipotle, and, and that's right that Right there is the reason because I don't know how to say it correctly, and every time I think I got it, <laughs> I got it wrong. Like the 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 PTL Is it that, oh, that
3: it's dangerous. Yeah, Can where does it, it go?
1: Say it again for me. Chipotle. Chipotle. I'm not sure that you got it yeah, right not, either.
3: I, but look, I'm not sure that I do, but I just I don't really hit that P too hard. Like and you don't go Chipotle I say it quickly?
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah, right. Yeah, definitely not Chipotle. <laughs> but you just you know, you say it quick and you kinda of die off at the end and like you start strong, so it's like Chipotle. By the end, I mean, people aren't even. What are you saying? I don't know.
1: That's that's what I do with a lot of metal bands. Like I listen to a lot of metal music, but I but I almost don't almost never know how to say the name of the band, or I think I do, or I, but I always have it wrong. Oh yeah. So there's a lot of those. So I just try to try to whip through it real fast, and then hope somebody either says it, but then then as soon as somebody says it differently than I say it, I just assume that they're right. I'm I'm way too easy to win over in these kind of arguments. Oh the,
3: yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but you guys, you yeah, guys. I, you guys, it was just look I was looking at your name earlier and uh I was like and maybe you maybe you can tell me this. Um how how often do people sp- spell your name without an A in it?
3: Oh, bro. All the time. It's a fucking dumbfounding <laughs> how many people don't know how to spell the word boundaries. Um I'm pretty sure my test press for my body and bloom boundaries is spelt wrong. Like, it's a normal word, man. You know, it's not like some uh made up exotic band name. It's just <laughs> Just a word. I don't know. Uh, I get to like, people some
1: trouble. I spelled it correctly, but like you know, just just out of my uh, just just out of uh, whatever, my my normal body. My what the fuck word am I looking for? The just, like naturally, I just I just did it without thinking, spelled it correctly. But then I'm looking at. it. I'm like, I don't know, man. What's that a doing in there? <laughs> like it feels. It came out like that, but it but it doesn't. I don't think we need it.
3: But yeah. You know. I mean it's like library. Like that's how people say it, but it's library. You know boundaries. You know, I like have. I read it. I read boundaries because it just <laughs> it makes it easier to remember. But I know you don't say it like that,
1: right? You know? Right. That's what like that's what I do with. That's how I know how to spell opportunity because I say it opportunity because <laughs> so, so, yeah, it's not opportunity. Yeah.
3: <laughs> restaurant. All of it. Beautiful. It's. It's. You hit like that weird like. The first half of it is like R E A S. Okay, Toronto. Got it. <laughs> Beautiful. B-E-A-U-T. Okay. Yep. Fucking English. It's hard. It's, then, the, it's the only language I know. And bro, it's, I know.
1: And, it's, and I'm very bad at it. I should be better. Bro, imagine
3: I, knowing multiple.
1: I, I, Well, I was about to say, I live in a house where everybody in this house, for the most part, other than me, knows at least two languages. My, my, my wife is from Italy and she speaks Italian and in perfect English. You would never know that she speaks Italian because she speaks English so well. And uh, she also speaks French. And then my stepdaughter went to did a did a, um, Spanish immersion for the first six years of her schooling. She did all her school in Spanish, so she speaks perfect Spanish, um, but and and also English. And then my daughter, who's Spanish, uh, she doesn't really speak anything other than whatever. Give me this, give me that language. But but eventually, she's got <laughs> she's got the capability to be bilingual too. And then we just got me here staring at boundaries. Like I'm not yeah. so sure here. <laughs>
3: <laughs> stomping around the English
1: yeah, language, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But Eventually getting there, but, bef- but, but we're, like, so, so we're already all over the place, um, and and we've only mentioned your band's name. We should get to the point of why we're having this conversation, anyway. Um, this, we, we're talking to you, Matt McDougal, right? Is your last name?
3: Yep.
1: Any relation yep. to Jerome McDougal? Jerome McDougal, by the way. I bet you're going to say no. Uh,
3: not that I know of. Oh, um, that's a shame. I do you mean, know?
1: Do you know who Jerome McDougal is?
3: not a goddamn idea all
1: right he was just a, like a i don't know some offensive lineman or something for the philadelphia eagles for a number of years but anyway that's okay As you, <laughs> I, i'm sure there's so many mcdougals that you get that you, oh, you yeah. get asked that all the time but anyway um uh we're talking about uh your receding warrant this is a record that you got coming out on unbeaten records with your band boundaries on november 13th do i have that date right Alright, nice. That's that's near my birthday, so I appreciate you guys coming out with a record near my birthday, and I'm sure that was intentional.
3: Oh yeah, of course. It's all according to plan. Yeah. Wait, wait and
1: well, that's. I, I was going to ask you this later, but we'll get to it now, um, just because c- we're on release dates. Was this the initial release date for this record?
3: Um, yeah, it's, I mean, sort of. Like, uh, when it came to, like, hey, what release dates are available... Um, our whole thing was just ASAP. Like, you know, what's the closest thing. And, um, this date came out, uh, November 13th. And at that point, you know, we were having that conversation two months ago. So it felt like it was forever away, but like the state of things right now, weeks just give way so quickly that, you know, every day is the same. Yeah. Uh, We figured it wouldn't be that big of a deal. And like, it's worth waiting that, you know, those few extra months and weeks to like, prepare and like you know we didn't have any music videos done we didn't have fucking anything done but we were just like can we put it out now which would have been a mistake
1: right so you weren't one of those bands that was sitting on a record hoping that this covid shit would clear up and touring would happen and and then you just finally gave in and released it this is just the way it was going to come out
3: yeah we always wanted people i mean ideally like covid still pushed us back a bit we wanted it to be more of a summer record yeah but um it's got those summer vibes so i get that yeah, but like no matter what, like okay, if it can't be a summer record, it still has to be a 2020 record. Like that was that was sort of like the line we weren't willing to cross. Is like because like I've heard of bands that are that have new stuff, not 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 only written but recorded. Yeah. But there's no kind of there's no reason to put it out now. You can't tour it. It's just gonna die on the vine of you know Spotify playlists and you know people are gonna be excited to listen to it whenever it comes out. So they're just waiting. Um, but I didn't want to do that. I just. We wrote this October of last year, recorded it November of last year, and so we've had it for a little bit, and just, you know, the perfect time to put it out ended up being the whole world falling apart, so that pushed us back, and we're like, okay, you know, let's at least put it out anyway, because it's just, you know, I'd rather put it out now than sit on it and be sick of it.
1: Yeah, and I think I've had a lot of these conversations lately about obviously everybody's kind of in the same boat and what the fuck is everybody supposed to do just sit on their records until i don't until right. what until like there's 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 no end in sight really i mean who knows yeah. who the fuck what? knows no but, new
3: music till 2022 like what no, you no know, new music until everyone wears a mask see it. yeah uh, exactly yeah so it's and also just you know we're not ahead. that big so it's it, we're at the point where like I'd rather put music out and give people new stuff to listen to and, you know, get them interested in us because, you know, a fucking Lamb of God can put out a record every five years and people are still like the anticipation will, will be killing them every day that passes because you already know you love that band and you want anything from them. But right. a lot of people don't know who we are. So it's like, you know, I'm not going to make the, the few people that are interested wait two plus years for a record. You know, I'd rather just give it to them now.
1: Yeah, and and I think again, I think that's a, that's a great call because w- what are we doing? We're sitting around. Well, it depends. Most of us are sitting around, and right. now we got plenty of time to listen to music. Uh, you know, just just because there aren't there aren't shows, and I know it sucks. I know it sucks for bands, especially ones who want to tour, that they can't go out and do that. But your audience is is. More captive than ever. I know you guys can't make money off of us, right? I know that. Like, I I know the way record sales are, it's kind of impossible, but that's you can still, you know, prime them. You can still get them, get, get them familiar with your music, especially like, you know, when you have a band who's got like a, or maybe, maybe in your case, a band who's, who's not especially well known, but I know you guys definitely have your audience. Um, You can by the time you come, by the time you're able to get in front of them, they should be plenty well familiar with this record.
3: Yeah, I would. um, I mean, it's a really important step that is getting people excited and making them want to come out to a show as well. You know, I'd rather give them the record, and then when shows are around, you know, we we're we're gonna. I don't care if it's like a year after the record comes out, the record's gonna have a release show just to have like the ceremony of it. Because that's important to us and we're sentimental and, you know, I want to have like a day that represents the record. So that's going to happen at some point, just whenever it's, you know, not a a bad idea to have it. Um, And people are going to be looking forward to that more so if they've been listening to the record. But if you just, you know, try to keep them on the hook uh, by like piecemealing content (laughs) and pictures and clips of songs, you know, people, uh, people get bored of you. Especially if you're not that well known already, they're gonna get sick of your shit. So I'd rather just be plain faced and be like, Hey, here's the record. We'll play it in front of you when we can. That's obviously the end game. But um I'd rather you have it now and then maybe it becomes your favorite record. And then when we are touring again, you're like, I need to see them. That's you know, that's how it transitions from just someone listening in their room to coming to a show, to buying a ticket, buying merch, buying the record, you know. Not that the end game is always monetary, but like it costs money to make music yeah. so if you can just give me a little bit i'll make more music with it i promise yeah
1: yeah you got you got to you got to chip in to keep this thing going you know it's it's yeah, it's, it's not a bad deal for everybody around i don't, i don't know it's so i'm not i'm right. not a merch guy i'm a record guy i like having records you know for yeah. for the for I, I, I since the the coronavirus thing started i i made a point to listen to every single record in my collection and it took me from it took me from March 23rd until like July 30th or something, right? It, but because yeah, it, it, I'm working from home, so I'm just sitting here beside my record player, and I went through every every single record, LP, seven inches, ten inches, whatever, and uh, and I'm telling you, some of these records this is probably their second time hitting the turntable. But I fucking like having them right. here, and I like and I like that I have them, you know, and I like that I bought them, and that's that's just that's that's about my involvement these days anyway. Other than these things, so. It, it, you know, maybe there are the kids that go go out there and load up on merch and whatever. Who gives a shit? It's I don't know. So, so for me, yeah, whatever your thing is, yeah. So for me, this isn't this whole thing. You know, in a selfish way, hasn't been that bad. I still get to buy the records because, guys, like you guys, are still putting them out. And uh, and yeah, fuck it. <laughs> this can go on for as long right. as as it needs to, in my opinion. But that's I'm the wrong person to ask. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I mean, vinyl's more of a a collector's item anyway, you know, with the different colors and the impracticality of always having a record player near you if you want to listen to music. I mean, most (laughs) music's listened to, what, at the gym, in your car, shit like that. But it's just, it's nice to have a physical representation of the record. And, you know, when it's fucking, you know, ice blue and hot pink and all this crazy shit, that adds to it for some people. Some people just want, like, the plain black, but, you know, The more options you have, the more different variants you can make, the more people you can, you know, satisfy and make them feel like they're a part of your creative process and a part of the record.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's, I don't know, it's just a, a, it seems like win-win type of shit for me, but I don't know. Maybe someone's got to pay for it all, I guess. So, you know, what do I know? Hey, so, so, so you guys, you mentioned are from Connecticut and Yeah, when I when I think of Connecticut, I think of a couple bands, but not many. But a couple, a couple. I mean, there's a couple, couple big, big bands that played, you know, hardcore, metalcore, whatever you want to call it. Um, for for you personally, did you grow up in Connecticut?
3: Yeah, I've lived here all my life.
1: So who, what, what, what what age did you get involved in all, in like what do we call this underground music, whatever you want to call it?
3: Uh, I started going to like hardcore punk and like thrash punk shows. Yeah, um, when I was like twelve or thirteen. That's um, all right. There was, a, yeah, uh, I got in. I got into like heavier music pretty early, just like through my dad's CD collection. And also, I have an older brother. Yeah, he's five years older, so he was always kind of on like the next click, right? Of like just like socially and like culturally. So he would show me stuff, and then like my my dad's CDs. I would just take them and listen to them. So I was into like like alternative and aggressive music pretty early. And so then it was just like, okay, well, what do you mean? There's bands that will just like play right in front of you because you know that when you're that age, I- I'm aware of like I Try you and Slipknot and Disturbed, and those are all you know arena bands at that point. Yeah, but then like there was there was this basement in Hartford called the Whitney House where they would just you anyone could book there essentially it was like a crust house there was fucking 80 people living on three floors in the basement they would throw punk shows um i I don't know how many shows i went to there but it was just because i like i was so hungry for the culture of seeing music and like seeing bands tour um and you know there there weren't merch you know you would buy a t-shirt off of like the washer and dryer that was they were playing next to right um i remember one band Got paid in rhubarb pie. Like that was their their guarantee was a pie. Um, I don't even know what a rhubarb but like, is. I, got, I have no fucking idea. I know it was like purple or red. It was a dark color, <laughs> and they were so excited, and they had a crazy French accent, and they were just so pumped to be playing music in front of people. It didn't matter that they got paid in pie. Um, <laughs> That's yeah, funny. So it was like Whitney House, um, Wallingford American Legion had a lot of punk shows too. Um, that was that was sort of it. American Legions, uh, Whitney House, and then there's like the, the the more like commercial venues, like the Webster, Toad's Place, the Palladium and Mass, stuff like that. But like those weren't really my thing until at least like most of my way through high school, when I started going to more like like your metalcore shows and like the big tour would roll through town and I'd go see it. But um, as far as like anything locally or things that were like a product of the environment and the culture that stuff was strictly basements and bfws
1: what was was there was there a oh by the way i gotta say this is this all just reminded me that we're talking about boundaries and uh opportunity connecticut is one for, <laughs> is one for me i gotta oh, say yeah. i gotta do connecticut um
3: Connect eye cut is
1: how i <laughs> how I write it every time <laughs> but all right, all right, back to back to what we're saying who who was the was there a, was there like a one local band who was kind of the band for you that got you real excited
3: um, oh, man, there was one band I think they were called I haven't thought about these people that have listened to this music in so long. I think they were called maybe long shot I don't know that could be wrong. I remember one band stomped on site which I'm, I probably saw play 30 fucking shows. Yeah. Um, and they were like local kids from like Meriden, which was like a town over. Um, and like that, the thing is like this, culture, like everyone had crazy nicknames. I, I didn't know anyone's actual name. Um, the singer of what I think, Long Shot or something like that. Uh, the singer of that, I only knew him as Johnny Arson. Um, that that was <laughs> what everyone called him. Um, the singer of Stomp on Sight was called Joey Shovelface um like, it sounds like a fucking cartoon yeah but like these are the people that like you know i'm four years younger than them we're not really socializing and am just going to their shows um so pro- yeah probably stomped on site i remember seeing product of waste in uh oh, BFW and that was that was huge for me that was like my first time seeing like a bigger like what i thought of as a bigger more established band because you could look up product of waste on you know, Bandcamp and YouTube and their stuff would actually come up, yeah. but I had only ever seen bands that had like one self-produced demo on, burnt onto a CD. Their music wasn't anywhere. <laughs> so when I saw a product of Waste, I was like, "Holy shit!" Like, look at these fucking rock stars. They they were they were.
1: Uh, they, they, I mean, it's a shame what happened with them, but they they were they uh, they were. They were uh, well, it really was was T the the their singer was his delivery and the way I mean all credit to the rest of the band too but that band was I don't know they just had a special thing about him, and it's a shame the way it all ended but fuck man that was yeah. they, they were they were a great one and uh, and I, lo- I love when I hear him come up cuz cuz you don't you don't ever hear people that were um not I don't know everybody was impressed by him is is what it, and it's kind of funny that they weren't bigger than what they were cuz I guess they didn't play all too often but you know anyway it's a very cool band yeah for sure hmm so, so when when do you start? When do you start uh, boundaries?
3: Um, so I'm not an original member. No. Oh, um, okay. Boundaries was started in 2013 or 2014 by our guitarist Zadak. He was like fucking 14 years old at the time. Um, he just wanted to start some type of band. He was obsessed with uh, Slipknot and just like other metal acts growing up and he was like i want to do something related to this um i think i saw i went i went i went to a boundary show at one point and like i wasn't in it you know none of the people besides zadak were in it um but as like a year or two passed you know we're talking like 20 now 2014 or 15 maybe early 16 um everyone in that band had left And it had all sort of all but dissolved. And Zadak was like, I don't care. I still want to make music. And then around that time, um, pretty much every member that's involved with Boundaries now, all their projects ended. And we're all like, oh, we still want to make music. Um, The Zadak kid seems cool. He seems pretty serious about it. Um, Yeah. So sort of in one fluid motion, uh, the band with one member was now the band with five members. And that was... (laughs) Yeah, around twenty fifteen or so.
1: All right, so it's been That's when I joined. So it's been a, it's been a five five year five years where you've was that was that when the first releases started coming out when you were in the band or was there one before that?
3: Yeah, um, I think there was a song before me because uh, I mean it was Zadak and his friends, so we're talking like 14, right. 15 year olds, yeah, um, who just you know you don't have access to producers or even like the equipment to record your own music like they're just playing it by ear and just you know a, a year's worth of effort goes into releasing one song that sounds like shit
1: yeah, um, yeah, yeah. and you gotta be proud of that so. you know
3: exactly that, that was just part of it and then once the rest of us got involved um we started like writing together and churning out more content
1: well and i've I've noticed since then i've seen you guys seen you guys named on a lot of shit over the last few years I was surprised to see that you're coming out with this record because you just came out with a record last year, right?
3: Yeah, we put out a six song uh, album, My Body in Bloom. I believe that was, uh, what, February of last year? Is that? I think February. Um, It's all a blur. This whole year is just, my brain is fucked. Like, I mean, it's almost October and it might as well be uh, July because every day has been the same for me.
1: What do you do um, that's every that yeah. every day is the same no, just curiosity
3: uh well, when I'm not like doing like music stuff around tour, uh, I work at a music venue here, and so that's obviously that's crazy shut down yeah there's no yeah there's no type of foreseeable shows or you know even like hosting events the 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 cap on how many people you can have in a room is still incredibly low, and you know not for nothing, I'm not exactly jumping to the opportunity to force a bunch of people into a room and have me working there because I'm not trying to get sick either. Yeah. Um, And so that was, everything's just been shut down. And so I've just been, you know, writing music and working on all the stuff related to getting this record ready and getting it out in front of people. And, you know, there's only so much work on stuff like that that you can do. Plenty of it is just like, maybe I'll try establishing this hobby. You know, I always wanted to try this. Fuck it. Why not? So, like, that's the most exciting part of my day is just, like, what's something I haven't done before? Let's try it.
1: What's been the latest or, like, thing? What's...
3: Um I've always been, like, ever since, I went from, like, like elementary, middle school, just the fucking fat kid, just hated it. Yeah. Um, And then I finally hit some type of, like, growth spurt in puberty, like, 17, 18. And so I kind of evened out, but then I was just, like, uh you know, like a string bean. And so, um, for the past few months I've been trying to, I've always wanted to be like, Hey, you can work out. You can be this fucking shredded, you know, Brad Pitt and fight club. God, fuck it. Um, which is absolutely not happening. That's a high bar. um,
1: Yeah.
3: yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But it was just like, Hey, what else are you doing every day? You know, go, go for a run, go do this, you know, lift weights at least every other day. So that's been my thing is like, just kind of pushing my discipline and like trying to stick with it. And, being more physically active also because we practiced once and i was for months of not doing anything physical i was so shot yeah i was gassed out three songs in i was like this is not good we, like when shows are back i can't come out of the gate like dog shit i you know i have to crush it so this is sort of i'm like working out every day to supplement things like practicing and shows and loading all that stuff that keeps you like on tour that keeps you active and keeps you in some type of shape that yeah. I don't have anymore. Well, that's so, great. I mean, that's, that's more than, that's,
1: that's more than a lot of people are doing. And I can tell you, for, I, I was in a similar, well, let's say 2009. That was when the, when the economy crashed last time and I got laid off mm. and, uh, I, I realized I was fat at the same kind of same little different. I realized I was fat. You realized you were skinny. I realized I was fat and I was like, all right, I need to, I need to do something cause I wasn't doing anything. And so I just started right. doing what you what you're talking about. And yeah, and like fifty pounds later it's like, oh, okay. I'm not fat anymore. Haven't really been since. I think maybe I got up that fifty pounds before but dropped it again. But the, the running, I do I do the running too. And uh just this last week I went out for like three different yeah, runs. I mean and I could you- only do two miles because I went like a month without running. I could only do two miles at a time and I was so fucking winded. And just like, like, and I was talking to my wife about this. Is like, I used to do, I used to make sure I did a 5K a day. Like that was my thing, and like that was just two years ago. And now I try to do two miles, and I'm like, holy shit! And it's it's just funny. It's funny how quick it goes.
3: Yeah, no, if, there was one like there was one week where it was just like we had to put a song out, and like the video wasn't done, and I you know I was you know there were like 50 plates that had to keep spinning and like doing like interviews and like talking to people about things and getting people in certain places to make sure stuff was ready and i just like i pushed it off for like a week because i just i felt like i didn't have time with like how many things i was balancing and the first time back i was like i'm the weakest pussy of all time this is pathetic (laughs) like i i didn't do it for seven days and it's like i'd never even it's like i started all over again this sucks yeah
1: I'm, well, well, right they, now, as we're having this anyway. conversation, I'm looking at my my weight bench is literally covered in boxes right now because we were doing this home renovation, <laughs> so it's been covered in boxes for months. i like, I can't believe – Like, there's no way I'm going to be able to lift the weights that I was lifting before, and they weren't that impressive to begin with. But I'm going to be such a pussy. I'm I'm right there with you. Don't yeah. worry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So so. Um, so all right, let's get back on back on about more boundary stuff. So I like I saw that the, the you guys referencing influences like uh like Slipknot and Linkin Park and Static X, but I don't necessarily hear any of that in the music. Not I mean, maybe maybe I hear a little Slipknot. Uh, and th- all those bands are really familiar to me because they're kind of my era. I'm 30 oh, I'll be 36 this year. That was like that was like what was happening when I was 15, 16. So like totally familiar right. and and was all about that. But so how does, but I'm so surprised you being 10, 10 years younger um, and you guys just as a band being so much younger, how did they become, how, how are they an
3: influence, I should say, in Boundaries? Um, they were our real eye-openers into like a current counterculture. Because, you know, I, I grew up and I'm listening to, like, you know, Alice in Chains and ACDC and Disturbed and shit, because that's what my dad has in the car and what's, yeah. like, on, like, the home stereo thing. Um, but even listening to that, I was like, I like this on, like, a sonic level. Like, I like the way it sounds, but this doesn't feel like it's really made for me. And, like, I don't know. There's nothing I'm connecting to. But, you know, listening to Linkin Park and, I mean... My first cell phone was like a fucking back when Singular was a company. Was this piece of shit silver brick? And the only thing I ever did to that phone was beg my parents to let me buy a Static X ringtone. (laughs) Like that was that was the only thing that I ever customized on that phone. Was it it push it completely normal? Did you go push it? I don't think I went with a push it. It was um I can I can literally hear it in my head. I sound like a fake fan that I don't know the name of the song off the top of my head, (laughs) but, uh,
1: well, push it. So that's all right.
3: (laughs) Like when it comes to, like when I think of influences, I don't necessarily only think like, yeah, when you listen to our record, you'll hear this, but more so like, how did we end up here in the first place? And like the bands that got us into this world. And then from there we branched out and found influences that you might hear more of things, things like Lincoln park and, how much of that band was you know, Chester essentially just being like a bleeding heart verbally and like lyrically, it was all very open and very emotional. And like, it was, you know, they got huge cause it's crazy, catchy, really good songwriting. But at the end of the day, you look at lyrics for a lot of songs and they're incredibly dark. And that I started to feel like people were taking the music format that I really liked the way it sounded and were being more expressive with it. And, like, I mean, same thing with Slipknot. Um, Static X was more so um, just like the raw aggression of it. And, I mean, like, uh, similar to Slipknot with like the, the image of it. And it was such a we're just doing whatever we want type thing, which is something I've always respected. Um, because, like, this whole world is already so like alternative and underground and like away from the mainstream that when there are bands that try to be a certain look or a certain type of commercial, you know, they try to make themselves palatable to people, I feel like you're missing the whole point. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I respect those bands with fucking, you know, with Wayne Static having 20-foot tall hair and, you know, the this, the guitarist of Linkin Park having bright green spiked fucking mohawks on every tour for like the first three years. Like, stuff like that was it had like a certain type of personality to it that like i was able to identify and attach myself to as someone who was too young to really get all of it but old enough to be like i i feel what they're saying more so than i feel like you know a, a disturbed song or an alice in train song because those sure. songs are so serious you know especially a lot of alice train stuff but not in a way that i could relate to because i'm 12 years old you know i yeah. wasn't in vietnam i don't you know <laughs> come to snuff the rooster i don't fucking know what that means right um later on i can go back and appreciate it but at the time it wasn't you know i it missed me by a generation so that those were the bands like you said that were happening then that i was able to latch onto and develop myself with alongside at them as they were putting out more music and doing more things musically.
1: That's interesting. And, and, and very cool. And I, it, you talking about that made me think of it. Um, how like, all right, all those bands that kind of got lumped in with the tag new metal, they didn't all sound the same at all. Like there wasn't it, it, no, def- not at all. it like, like those th- those three bands, static X, slipknot and the Lincoln park all sound very different. Um, but they all were called the same thing. And you know, there, there, was, there was, I mean, you could say the same for a lot of it. Some of it was you know pretty similar, but, a, but a lot of it was very different and they did take a lot of chances. Some of it worked, some of it didn't, but, um, but I think, I think that gets overlooked now. The revisionist, um, opinion of it is, I don't know. It's, it's it makes it out to be a little more goofy than it was. I mean, don't get me wrong. Some of the shit was pretty goofy, but, uh, Oh, for sure, but 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 that's the same can be said for nearly nearly any genre, especially with heavy music. Heavy music, yeah, there's some weird shit out there, and it's it's corny.
3: I say it all the time, but yeah, like this type of like metal metal core, it's all it's all corny. It's all so silly. If you remove your like, you take a step back and you just observe it. Of course, it's silly, and of like, of course, it's ridiculous when compared to like pop artists and like the clean commercial, like sex sells type of drive that, you know, makes people have millions of listeners and fans all over the world. You know, when you're just, you look at fucking Randy Blythe on stage and he clearly hasn't showered and (laughs) half the band is hammered and it pans to the crowd and the crowd is also people who have not showered and they are also hammered and half of them are fighting each other. Like it's silly. Of course it's silly, but like, that's what makes it fun in a way that you don't get from other genres of music
1: right and then when you
3: incorporate stuff like you know the type of expression that you don't see in other genres of music that's how you make something special but i mean every step of the way i know how silly this is and especially you know with you know you want to talk about like new metal with their fucking gigantic jinko jeans and everything in trip pants and everything's covered in chains and it's all you know the drastic eye makeup and everyone's wearing like a youth small t-shirt <laughs> that they barely fit into it's all silly but at the time that was that's what there was to do that was how they were expressing themselves so you know anything is silly if you take two steps back from it right it's easy yeah. to tear stuff apart it's it's the easiest thing in the world to be critical of things that you weren't a part of
1: That's very true, and it's it's especially true when you're not part of something. Well, with with speaking of 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 people being critical, um, right now with uh, with I mean, to put it, let's just not get all into it. There's plenty going on in the world, right? You know, there's uh, there's plenty social, socially, politically, whatever. But this record doesn't feel like those things. It feels uh, pretty personal, at least from a lyrical standpoint. and you, you kind of hinted at that before. Um, is is that the intention with with boundaries? Are you writing the lyrics? Is are these your? Is this your personal? I don't know. I don't know. Is this a, is this just a entirely personal record for you?
3: Yeah. Um, so I write all the lyrics for boundaries. Um, I sort of. I don't know. I'm gonna. I'm going to sound judgmental here, and I'm ready for it because I've been saying it for a while. Go ahead. Um, like, I don't understand bands where, like, the singer doesn't write what they sing.
1: I don't. I kind of um, don't get
3: it either. Like, if, if you don't have anything to say, then why are you the singer? Pick up a guitar. What the fuck are you doing? Like, I don't understand it. Why be the mouthpiece if you're regurgitating secondhand thoughts? It feels silly to me. Uh, I don't but get it. To be, I, got, well, I got
1: to say, to be fair, though. Some of the best ever bands are like that. That's Black Sabbath, you know. That Bill Ward was yeah, writing, sure. writing those songs for Ozzy. It, but I, I understand your point of entirely. Bands where it
3: works. Yeah, but um, I mean, like from a personal standpoint, I would never be doing this if it wasn't like I, if it wasn't just for me trying to express myself. You know, right? Every boundary song is about something. It is about a thought or a feeling or an event that made me feel a certain way, and writing a song about it was how I got catharsis and how I feel better about the events that happened or the feelings surrounding something. Uh, That's, you know, that's before I wrote songs, you know, I still wrote every day because I write down in like journals. And when I'm having a tough time with like anxiety or depression, the way that helps me get it out is to just write down feelings and it doesn't have to be poetic or, you know, Cool sounding. It can be very plain, and just like I feel like this. I feel like this because of this. I think this uh, happened because of this. You know, it's just a way for me to work it out. Mm-hmm. And the way that my life has gone, you know, getting into music, getting into bands, singing for bands. Um, that's that's how I write lyrics. You know, any I have, you know, five or six notebooks just full of my writing and some of them turn into songs if they feel connected to other events or if particular things have happened close to each other. But every boundary song is written about a personal experience uh, that I've had. And so everything that I write is very personal and uh, a lot of it's not very like hidden in metaphor. It's not very pretty. It's very plain because that's how I feel expressed and understood if I can just say things like the way that I feel versus trying to kind of hide it in this grandiose metaphor. And, you know, maybe some people get it. Maybe some people don't. Uh, I'm just too much of a coward (laughs) to run that risk. Like I have such a desire to be understood because I feel like, you know, I don't know, growing up, not a lot of people understood the way that I felt or why I was the way I was. So that's when I started writing. Because at least I like, could get the thoughts and feelings out. And so then when it turned into songs, it's the same thing. You know, I'm not, you know, the bands where every song is just about uh, shadows and darkness and shit like that. Um, that's fine for like a couple of tracks. But like when it's your whole album or it's all of the music you've made, I don't know, it just starts to feel redundant. But when you write about things that are personal and like specific experiences, I feel like you save yourself from being derivative because each experience is unique and each song is attached to it. And so that's just how I write.
1: Sure. And it, it also, it also makes uh you you vulnerable to a degree, which it, I mean, obviously you're fine with, um, have, have, has, uh, have you found, uh, listeners of boundaries, um, receptive to it like have you had people that come up you know i don't know i don't know. have you had the, the awkward conversations where people come up to you and tell you that they've they, they hear these songs and that they mean something to them and i'm sure totally rewarding yeah. but probably awkward
3: some of them are awkward um the ones that are awkward uh I, the ones that like really make me uncomfortable and i think um I mean, not for nothing, but like on the new record, there's a song about it because it's something that I couldn't really reconcile, but uh, when people tell me that like something I wrote like saved them, or stuff that I don't know if they fully understand why I wouldn't want to hear that or why that would be a negative thing,
1: huh. but
3: um you know when when you come up to me and you tell me that something I wrote was it's not that I think they're lying. You know, I think they're doing their best to express the way that something has made them felt. But when you tell me something has had that big of an effect or something has saved you, um, all I hear that as is if something that I wrote can affect you that way positively, then something I write can affect you negatively. And I don't want to write a song that dooms someone or they hear something I write and they go, Oh, well, fuck, if he feels this way, then really nothing ever gets better. Uh I think you kind of give me too much responsibility when you say that something I wrote has had a huge impact on your life. Um, you can definitely relate to it absolutely you know that 's my end game is to be you know not feeling so alone and like my experiences are too unique to be understood or related to by others um and so I always appreciate when people tell me that like something I write means something to them. Because that's a way for me to confirm that the way I feel is maybe more normal than I give it credit for. Right. Because a lot of time with negative feelings, you know, you're just, you're in your head and and the people around you, you know, they're sick of you complaining to them and you feel like they don't get it or they don't even, they're not trying to get it. But you can put on a song and someone you've never met can talk about an experience that feels close enough to yours that if a complete stranger has had it, then it can't be unique to you or your environment. You know, this is, mm-hmm. it's bigger than you. It's uh, the concept is bigger. So I try to write about things that, yeah, hopefully somebody can hear and relate to, or, you know, in some facet. But the things that really bother me are the, the, you saved me comments. Cause I don't think that's true. Um, you know, and any person, who's strong enough to continue in the face of adversity uh, was doing that way before they heard my band, whether they realized it or not. And they'll do it after they hear my band. Uh, After we break up or they move on with their music taste and we become something they listen to less of, you know, they're not going to, I'm going to stop existing to them completely. You know, you're going to forget you ever listened to my band five years from now, but you'll still be continuing. And that's, you know, that's a product of you, not of a song you heard that I wrote. That's the only thing that bothers me is um, I think that's a lot of pressure to put on a person, because if I can if I can save you, then I feel like I can also do whatever the opposite of that is. And that's uh, not really fair to say to somebody that you just, hey, I like your music, by the way, um, you could accidentally write a song that uh, just triggers the end of my existence. Has that, that's not
1: cool. Yeah. Has, I understand that entirely. It's 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 very well said. Has that changed the way you write? Has there been things that you want to write that you haven't put in songs because of that? Like, has it had an impact on you?
3: Um, I mean, not so much. I, I had to, I had a long conversation with a friend of mine. Um, Mike sugars, he sings for a band called church tongue. Um, He and I had a long conversation about this concept that was sort of like the creative person's responsibility to the people who consume what they make. And um, especially with comments like, you know, being saved or something you wrote helped me. um, Does that mean that you can only write stuff like that from now on? You know, like, are you letting people down if every song isn't about some triumphant emotional conquering of something that was traumatic? Um, because if you're not doing that, you could have wrote a song that helps somebody instead. But um ultimately, I came to terms with you know, me not really owing anybody anything as far as, you know, the music I make and my expression. Um, I love when people can connect to it and relate to it. But if it becomes my sole goal to only write stuff that can be related to, then I'm going to start being dishonest to myself and... I'm going to lose why I even started playing music and writing songs in the first place, which was, you know, to get out how I feel. So ultimately it sort of made me check myself and come back to my sole responsibility being to myself at the end of the day.
1: Well, that's very wise. And as uh, Ice Cube said, you've got to check yourself before you wreck yourself. So, I, exactly. I mean, you know, Some, some, (laughs) some people are just more profound with less words, but you know, we're,
3: (laughs) I play metalcore, man. I, you know, I'm a fucking ape with a wrench. Just, I'm banging it on shit until it works again.
1: Yeah. But, but people who play metalcore also usually find a way to use words like soliloquy and uh, put it in a song or something. No way. So.
3: (laughs) No way. Not a shot.
1: (laughs) That used to be the way it was. In the early two thousands, if you were playing metalcore. Oh yeah. You you put in a lot of flowery words and uh,
3: yeah, a lot of a lot of ten dollars <laughs> words that like they call them.
1: Yeah, it was a, it was a nightmare. Uh, album titles were too long. Band names were too long. Jesus. It it, 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 sentences. Yeah, they were supposed to be witty, but they weren't. Oh God, this, <laughs> it was it was a weird time. Uh, did you miss that? I stay uh, away you,
3: from all that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's just, that's not my end game. Like I said, I speak plainly because I feel like I already have such a hard time being understood and being heard that if I start to flower it up with a bunch of four or five syllable words I'm just going to lose even more people and more people are going to be like what the fuck are you talking about. Uh, no, I so think I, I think you're fix- actually
1: doing a doing a fantastic job of explaining yourself and uh and the way I know that is cuz if you weren't I wouldn't have a fucking clue with what you're saying because that is how I I'm too <laughs> I'm too caveman where I just eventually like sit here and nod along like fuck I have no idea what he's saying at this point and then I try to like (laughs) recover but don't worry I'm with you on this side I can understand and it's and it uh, honestly like I I do these conversations all the time right this is I don't know what this will be like 150 some right In in a in a row like weeks in a row so yeah like um I don't, you, you're you're making sense, and you're saying things that other people aren't saying, and that is enough for me to 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 validate. You know, like to, just between yeah. me and you, to validate what you're saying it's like, yes, this makes complete sense, and it's a really refreshing well, uh, take you. on this. Yeah, and uh, and you saved me as well from so so, <laughs> so now I'll you've got this fucking phone up
3: so quick,
1: <laughs> yeah. But uh, shit, man! All right, so we've been going for a while. So let's get let's let's uh, let's let's wrap up here and uh, talk a little bit a little bit more about this record. Um, your sure. your receding warmth, it's called right? And uh, November thirteenth, yeah. we got to say that again on unbeaten records, which by the way, unbeaten records has been putting out. Um, the, 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 it's getting it's getting sparing, but there's been, but there's been a great ah, fuck the last year. It's been like thirty nights of violence, orthodox. On site, I can't think of who else, but you guys and uh, Buddy's doing a great job with that label. It's kind of a, uh, I don't want to say resurgence of metalcore because it's always been there, but you guys he's, he's putting the right bands on there and he's, he's playing the right styles. Anyway, um, so when, when this comes out, since you can't tour, since you can't do that release show yet, what are you looking forward to with the release of the record?
3: Um, I mean, really just, I feel like it's the most like satisfying stuff we've ever written for me personally. Like, I feel like the songs are some of my best writing. Um, I feel like the the overall concept of the record is some of my best work. And so really like, it sucks that we're not going to get to tour it, but I just want it out. I just want, yeah. I just want to have it off of my, like my to-do list. And I want to be able to like, sort of put it down call it finished and start working on new stuff um but i feel like none of that can happen until the whole record is out because uh, so much of my time and attention now is uh just trying to make sure people even know it's coming out and getting it in front of people and trying to make it sound interesting and you know music videos and uh like the the visual part of making a record and like the way that things look and, you know, the way the the videos look and what do they represent and what do they say about the songs and all, I'm looking forward to all of that being done and just kind of getting to like put it down and give it to people and see what they do with it.
1: Yeah. Well you got it. So far you guys are doing a great job with that and it's, and it's, it sucks that it's all you can do right now, but it is all you can do. Um, But, 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 but from an outsider's perspective, you you guys are doing well and uh, and from someone like myself who keeps a good eye on what's coming out and is you know pretty inundated by what is coming out whether I want it to be or not um it's not not all the shit you know is is rising to the top not all the shit is is worth taking a look at cuz like we talked about there's a lot of bands there, there was a lot of bands holding back on music but there's still a shitload releasing it and unfortunately yeah Though we want all the music come out, the stuff that sucks is, or is uh, sucks might be a little harsh, but well, it sucks. Whatever. <laughs> that that stuff is is gonna is is gonna fall to the bottom, and uh, you guys are rightfully so. Um, within a lot of people's eyesight, I think. And 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 for I, I've listened to this record a lot, particularly over the last two days. I've had it kind of on repeat, and uh, and I didn't get bored with it, and that's that's a hard thing to do with with metalcore these days um well thank you yeah there's a lot of you, you, you know what i appreciate and uh we can pr- probably wrap it up here soon but i appreciate this there's not this like everybody in your band clearly knows how to play their instruments you know what you're doing um but it's not overly i don't know it's not frilly it's not technical it's not like stupid technical work it's you know it's just, i don't know it just sounds like bullshit after a while it's I, I just I like the I don't want to say it's simple at all. It's definitely not simple, but it but I like the, the straightforwardness of it. And for a medical record, that's hard to do. It's a hard balance to to establish. And you guys did a good job with this one.
3: Thank you. Um yeah, that's definitely a goal of ours is you know, there's always the limits of what you can write. But um I kinda get sick of bands where every song is an opportunity to show you every single thing that they can do vocally or instrumentally right like, i get it like have have your you know your big songs where you really just you know i'm gonna take 30 seconds to just brag about how awesome of a guitarist i am and i'm gonna fucking doodly 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 all over the place awesome yeah i like those but, with but every, not every song, song. yeah <laughs> yeah when when full records are just like the only consistent thing to them is that every song is going to have this solo and they're going to have the drum part that sounds fucking insane. And then the vocalist is going to go all over his full range so that you know that he can do all of this stuff, even if he's not stuff like that gets boring to me. You know, there, there should be songs where like, Oh fuck, they did that. Like they've had that in the tank. They could have been doing that, but they chose to do it once. And it was just on this song for 15 seconds. Stuff like that's more interesting to me because then it's, It gives it a purpose. Like, well, why is it there? You know, what does it do for the song instrumentally? Does it, is it progressive? Does it move us along to the next, to like the third act of the song? You know, what does it develop into versus every track just being batshit crazy, go, go, go. You know, I don't, I don't always want to listen to fucking Tony Danza. Sometimes I do, but I don't always want to listen to it.
1: You know, it's funny is that there's people probably listening to this right now. They're like, why would anybody listen to Tony Danza? <laughs> not like, you know, I'm not saying the full name, man. <laughs> no, I can't yeah. do it. No, yeah. I, I, It's funny. It's funny that I knew exactly what you're talking about, but I haven't heard that name in a very long time. For those who don't know, it's yeah. a Tony Danza tap dance extravaganza. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But if you just thought we were talking about Tony Danza, that's fine too. I like that. <laughs> but all right, all right, man. Um, uh, <laughs> Matt, thank you for having this conversation. Um, yeah,
3: of this, course. record doesn't but come out for,
1: for a couple, well, about a month and a half, so we got some time. But uh, I think it's going to go over well, as, as it should. And uh, I, th- I wish you guys could get you. out there and tour, but if this is all you can do for right now, you're doing a great job. And uh, I'm stoked to hear it.
3: Thanks. I appreciate that, man. Thanks for having me again.
1: Yeah, of course. Anytime. All right, man. All right, peace. See ya.
2: From now on, this is how it has to be. Tell me what you want, what you wanna hear, what you wanna see, because I'm ready to speak. Do you want to hear me say that I'm the only one that didn't see this coming? I miss you. I miss the comfort of it all The sky is gone from gray to black and the earth to dust and obsidian. Every second is a year past and with it my life is scratched and sapped. judgment. I am all the things that you cannot see. My form is domestic and vacant. I am the pale negative.
1: So there you have it. That was my conversation with Matt McDougall of Boundaries. And the song there at the end was Behind the Bend, which of course is off of Your Receding Warmth, which I think we said is coming November 13th. I'll have to check on that date. I'm not going to do that. You can check on that date. How about that? I've done enough work here. It's time for you to do something. That's only fair. Okay. Now, so it is Thursday evening as I record this part of the episode, Thursday evening, November 5th. And we still don't have an official word on who the president is. And it's been uh, kind of comical, uh, totally crazy. And some of these press conferences, I've been cackling, laughing. These fucking Republican people are so upset. And uh, that's you know that's all I needed. That's all I needed out of this. Uh, but it'd be nice if we can come away with uh, with a little victory here. <laughs> Real or imagined, I don't give a shit. Maybe it's just maybe I'll just take the moral victory at this point. Just getting some people upset. Uh, That's the troller in me, I guess. Is troller a word? I don't think anybody says that. That's the troll in me. That's what I mean. Um, Yeah, so, all right. But anyway, um, as far as getting it out, uh, the website should be happening soon. Said that for almost an entire year now, but, you know, I thought I'd have a firm date for you by the time this this episode aired, but I don't. So it's still going to be soon. So go to gettingitout.net, bookmark that shit. Um, Go to at getting underscore it underscore out underscore podcast. Keep an eye out for some upcoming episodes. Um, I've been posting. I've been posting them. That's a a new practice I've gotten into is uh, letting you know what's coming up if you follow on the socials. So I got Tom Angel Ripper from the legendary Sodom on an upcoming episode. I have uh, Steve Tinan from Within the Ruins coming up soon as well. Um, I could tell you more but I'm not going to. going to sit on those until I have more confirmations and uh, more things locked and loaded. Is that a phrase that I should be using? Locked and loaded? I don't know, but I'm going to use it. I feel a little reckless. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, so that's going to be it for this week. I'm going to play a song from a band that I really love, and they certainly don't need any help or promotion from me but I'm just a big fan. They got a new record coming out. Um, What is that new record called? It's got a a kind of long-winded title, but it sounds nice. It's called, uh, well, it's not nice, Endless Twilight of Codependent Love. It's out this Friday, today, so go get that. This is from Solstafir out of Iceland. Um, Usually, I can't tell you the names of their songs, or their albums for that matter, because they are uh, Icelandic, but this one is called Her Fall From Grace, and it's off of what did I say? Endless twilight of codependent love. Go check that out now after you check out Boundaries, Boundaries of course. And as always, thank you for listening to the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review. If you could do that, you're the best person on earth and I appreciate it. Um, But most importantly, tell your friends, share it. That's the best part. All right, that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.